Oh, are you Muslim? Like say Alhamdulillah. So does that mean you're Islamic? You must memorize the Quran. Wait, so you don't drink? Make sure you wake up for Fajr. Are you going to marry your cousin? Don't say that. That's haram. Not even tighten your hijab. What about pepper? Are you sure? What happens if he sees your ankle? It's kind of like we're stuck between two worlds. Welcome, my friends, to Muslim in the Middle. My name is Yaz, and this podcast is all about what it means to live an Islamic life in the West, the joys, the struggles, and everything in between. Now, it is a pleasure to have you join us today, so let's dive right in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And what's up guys, welcome to episode 5 of Muslim in the Middle I hope you're all doing well, uh, thanks very much for tuning in You know, I very much appreciate it And again, I hope you're finding some value from the show uh, As always guys, a couple of reminders The first is uh, info at muslimandthemiddle.com You know, email me with all your stories, your experiences Could be anything, could be stories of joy, triumph, struggles, challenges Funny stories, absurd stories, whatever you like uh, you know, anything related to your experience as a Muslim in a predominantly Western country. Uh, I'm sure if that the experience has been important to you or it's taught you a lot, then, you know, it may also be beneficial to others uh, listening in. So, uh, you know, please write in, share your stories and help us build a community of like-minded people here. Um, and of course, <clears throat> if you want to keep yourself anonymous, you know, feel free. Uh, if you want to share your name and your social media handles, you can do that too. It's totally up to you. Uh, and the second reminder is to say that, uh, you know, if you're enjoying the show so far, uh, if you're liking the content and you want to see more, please let us know, you know, with a five-star rating or review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Help us get to the, uh, I think it's called the new and noteworthy section so that, you know, more people can find the show and find benefit from uh, what we're discussing here. So, all right, now let's get stuck into it. So I had a, a particularly difficult week this week. Some personal stuff going on, you know, in, in my life that uh, put me in a hell of a funk. So although it's all, it's over now and you know things are looking up um, it got me thinking about mental health and dealing it with it from a, an Islamic perspective all right so I wanted to talk a little bit about that today so you know if you're listening uh, or if you've listened to my podcast previously you may know that I have struggled with mental health you know on and off for years um, anxiety and depression mostly since I was like you know 11 or 12 years old or something right so for a long time you know once I became more aware of it, um, I tried many different methods to try and treat it, you know, um, like I saw a bunch of different psychologists, um, I tried meds once, although, you know, not for very long, so it's kind of hard to tell whether they would have actually worked or not, maybe if I'd stuck to them a little bit longer, um, because, you know, I stopped because at the time, I guess I didn't like the idea of allowing my body to rely on, like, pharmaceuticals to kind of find a sense of uh, normalcy, so... Uh, who knows? But I mean, yeah, if it, it maybe it does work for me, uh, but I'm not really sure at this point. Anyway, so I tried things like medication. Um, I tried uh, something like, you know, like meditation, um, you know, trying to focus on my breathing and sort of control my thoughts. I tried simplistic uh, sort of minimalistic living, a bunch of different options, right? And nothing really did the trick, at least not long term. Um, now, I could lie and say that, oh, you know, it's fine. I've conquered it now and I'm thriving and alhamdulillah, you know, um, since I became more focused on my dean, things have dramatically improved, sure. Um, but at the same time, I've sort of realized that I'll never fully eliminate anxiety and depression for my life. Um, but more so, I'll, I'll just learn to manage it, if that makes sense. So, you know, some people are able to cure themselves fully of it and, and sort of move on with their lives. And, and that's amazing. Um, you know, power to the people. But I, I've, I've sort of found that 
it sometimes continues to pop up in my own life during periods of like high stress or, or whatever it might be. Um, and I will say that I am, you know, able to withstand it with much greater ease than I used to. Um, but, you know, every now and then I have a tough time ignoring my thoughts or ignoring the thoughts that come with anxiety, for instance. Now, I think that one of the reasons uh, that I'm able to cope better these days is because I am more mindful and more aware of my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, you know, whenever I feel a period of anxiety come through, it does suck, you know. I mean, it's sort of like you kind of like this, you feel like a, a sort of a prisoner of your own mind and that you can often feel like you don't have a lot of control. And if you're anything like me, you can sometimes sort of make decisions in the heat of the moment, decisions that are, are rooted and, and based on emotions rather than logic, and you often like regret them later down the track. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, when I'm in the middle of something like like that, you know, if I ever get uh, even just a second of clarity in, in what's otherwise a you know a mess of crazy thoughts and, and emotions, I try my best to remember that it's all just a test, right? I mean, I try to remember that everybody on this planet, and I mean everybody, has their own demons, you know, has their own challenges and, and baggage and stuff, and that we're all doing our best as you know, all doing the best that we can to to cope with them. You know, I try to remember that basically everybody's got their thing, and mine is my issue with mental health, right? So. And when it's all happening and I'm sort of in the thick of it, I'm often like, you know, why does this have to happen to me? Like, why am I the one that has to experience all these issues? Like, do I deserve this? Am I responsible for all of it? And again, it's like, you know, if I have just a moment, just one moment of clarity, I remember a lot. And, you know, I realize that everything I'm going through and everything that I'm experiencing, I'm going through for a reason and that there's a purpose behind it. And above all else, I try to remember that it's already written, right? It's already been ordained by Allah himself uh, that I need to go through whatever I'm going through now. That's my path, right? Now, when I say that, you know, this isn't some kind of like sick acceptance of my misery or anything. <laughs> it's more like a like a realization uh, and an understanding of my deen in a way that basically reaffirms that Islam means surrender. It means submission, right? And when you submit to Allah, when you go through periods of hardship and you're mindful of this, it, it, it makes it easier, Right? It makes you realize that you can endure whatever's thrown at you. And that if you're going through something for what feels like the 50th time or whatever, all that means is that you've survived 49 out of 50 periods of struggle that you've experienced up to that point. Right? So why on earth would you not be able to survive another? Now, Allah gives us strength. All right? When you realize that he's watching over you and that you're under his protection, you know, if you're anything like me, you'll have this calming sense of relief that sort of just washes over you. And it's extremely helpful during a moment of, of anxiety or, you know, mental anguish or distress. It's a beautiful thing, really, you know, to realize that your only purpose in life is to worship and glorify your creator and you submit to him and to his power. And it sort of just puts everything in perspective and makes you feel, you know, makes everything feel so much simpler. Not easier, but simpler, right? I mean, life is a struggle, like I said, and, and everyone, and I mean everyone, has got their thing. And no one goes through life in total happiness and euphoria all the time. I mean, that would probably be kind of boring. <laughs> um, but your remembrance of Allah can make it simpler, right? It can sort of put everything into perspective. Now, I'm not saying that that's all what it takes, you know, to pull you out of your funk. I mean, uh, hopefully it is, right? But if not, then join the club, because even after I become mindful of everything that I just explained, I still experience my issues from time to time. You know, poor mental health can be a sickness like anything else. And, you know, Although there's this, still this like stigma behind it, I think that greater things are being done every day by more and more people and more and more organizations and support groups around the world to reduce that stigma and ultimately ensure that mental health issues are, are recognized as a legitimate illness amongst everyday people. But if you come from an ethnic family, you know the struggle. <laughs> you know that, you know, if you're a first generation 
Western Muslim, it's sometimes not easy to talk about these things with the people around you. And look, to be fair, this probably doesn't just apply to Muslims. It probably applies to, you know, a lot of potentially a lot of people from ethnic backgrounds, maybe not even ethnic backgrounds, right? It could be applied to a lot of different people. But, you know, of course, no doubt, I'm sure that most of you come from loving families who ultimately want what's best for you, right? And all that. Um, but there's a sometimes a cultural gap or even just a, a generational gap around the recognition of mental health concerns. So, for instance, you know, talking about myself again, don't you just love it when I bring everything back to me? <laughs> um, like I said, like I started experiencing mental health struggles from a relatively young age. <clears throat> and at first I wasn't able to understand um, that something was fundamentally wrong, right? Because the transition was really subtle. It sort of just happened, right? But I sat on it. I sat on it for like a decade before, you know, I ever spoke about it with any member of my family because, um, again, even though I come from a loving family who, again, just, you know, want me to be happy and stuff, I was pretty sure that they wouldn't fully understand. Um, and looking back then, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, this is when I was like 11 or 12 years old and that's like 20 years ago, right? I mean, recognition and treatment of anxiety and depression has taken leaps and bounds in the last 10 years alone, let alone 20. I mean, back then it was certainly more a taboo thing to talk about or sort of frowned upon or wasn't really understood. Um, and yeah, and so if for whatever reason you actually did have the courage to bring it up with your parents or your family in general, um, your parents may have just told you to start praying, right? I mean, if you're a kid, you know, and, and they tell you that, and if you're a kid, you know, who doesn't fully understand the value of Islam yet, like I was at that age, that's not what you want to hear, right? Even though it's probably good, it's probably good, good advice. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually I got the courage to tell my family and they were supportive for sure, but I do think that they just didn't fully understand. And at the time, I, I took that to heart. But thinking about it now, even I don't fully understand it, right? And that's why I understand their reaction because that's the thing about anxiety and depression. I mean, sometimes there's triggers or causes for them and then other times there's not. And for me, I have racked my brain for, for years trying to figure out like the path that my brain took to get me to that point or trying to figure out the catalyst for, you know, what brought about all these sort of mental health issues. And it's like, there are so many factors to consider. I mean, I have no clue where to start. So, you know, you tell your family, and in my case, my parents are like, you know, is it work? Do you hate your job? You can change, you know, or do you not have enough money? Do you want some? Do you want help buying a new car? <laughs> like all these like things based on the world. Like they just don't have experience with that kind of thing. And, you know, where they came from, like if you were depressed, you just kind of suck it up and live your life, which... In some ways, I think it's admirable, right, to be able to just like push through and ignore it. But I also think it's somewhat unhealthy. Um, I don't know. I guess they just, you know, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't really a, a thing when they were growing up. Like it wasn't really sort of recognized. But I don't know. I mean, so so yeah, dude. Like like they just didn't know how to approach it. And it's like you try and explain, like, no, it's none of those things. Alhamdulillah, you know, I have I have everything that I could e ever have or ever need. And so they're like, well, then what is it? What is it? What's the problem? Like, and you're just like, I don't know. Like, that's what makes depression and anxiety so much worse. It's because if you have everything that you'd ever need, then even you start to question things like, like, what's wrong with me? Like, <clears throat> like, why am I feeling this way? Am I ungrateful? Like, that's why it's so messed up because you can't pinpoint the cause. You can't pinpoint the catalyst and like fix it right away, you know? And like, that's a thing, right? It's like one of those things where even now, and I sort of debate all the time, um, and that is like, what's the best treatment for this stuff? Like, should I just be pouring all my energy and all my time into Islam and improving my deen and all that sort of stuff? Like, will that eradicate my mental health problems by becoming the best Muslim that I can be? 
or even outside of Islam, like our mental health issues, proper sicknesses that demand scientific evidence-based treatment like meds or therapy or counseling or whatever it might be. I mean, to this day, that's still something that I think about. Like, is it enough to just be the best Muslim that I can be? And will my anxiety, my depression just sort of diminish as long as I put all my energy towards that? Or should I be doing that regardless and also coupling it with treatment available from like the world around me, from like the dunya, right? So I don't know, man. Like I've I've heard different sheikhs talk about different things on this matter. Like I've heard them say that mental illness, depression, for example, um, may still require professional help, like um, a therapist or whatever, right? While others just attribute it to being a problem with your soul lacking taqwa, like lacking, you know, connection to Allah and Islam and, and all that sort of stuff. And that to treat it, you just need to work on your deen. So I don't know, man, it's an interesting debate, right? And I go back and forth. I have days where I'm like, I'm just not focused enough on my deen. Like I'm not present enough during my salah. My mind is always wandering and off. And uh, sometimes I forget which rakah I'm on. Like I need to, you know, I need to focus more during my prayer or maybe like um, I need to give more to charity or be kinder to strangers or whatever it might be. And that's why I'm feeling this way, right? Like that's what I sort of think in my head. It's like a sign from Allah that I need to improve. But then other days I'm just like, yeah, this isn't normal. I need some meds. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tough one. I don't know. Like, now I could probably do a whole other episode on like um, the techniques and the actions that you can perform to actually help you get through these times. And I actually do want to do that. I think it'd be a great episode, like very beneficial for everybody listening. Um, you know, maybe I'll do an episode where I uh, recite and talk about different sorters or A's that you can recite and learn um, to help you overcome your depression and your anxiety and other mental health issues, right? Um, maybe I'll talk about the importance of uh, dua and um, and how this can help, you know, things like that. So, yeah, but like, look, generally speaking, I just I just want to say this. Whenever I'm, whenever I feel like I'm spiraling, right? Like I'm overthinking things or I'm feeling really down. I read some Quran, I pray an extra rakat or two, you know, I do things that help me get back in touch with, with Allah because it helps, man. I mean, it really does. Like I said earlier, remembrance of Allah is so powerful during times of mental stress and anguish. It just puts everything into perspective. It calms you down. It gives you a sense of relief, right? All that sort of stuff. So look, guys, today, this was a shorter episode. I just kind of wanted to comment on this given the week that I've had. I thought it would be a good topic to talk about. Let me know if it resonates with you. You know, leave a comment. Um, get in touch with me. I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Muslim in the Middle. I've uh, I've stopped doing the brothers sisters thing because somebody I know listened to the podcast and they loved everything else except for that part. They thought they thought it was kind of sleazy or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to me, it was sort of funny, but maybe it's getting kind of old. So anyway, no more. Once again, a friendly no pressure reminder to email all your stories uh, into into info at muslimintheMiddle.com. You know, we'd love to hear from you um, and, and share your stories on the podcast. Also, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, any one of them. Wherever you can, uh, if you can leave a, a five-star rating and review, please do. It would mean the absolute world to me. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And have to head over to the website, muslimintheminal.com, and you can subscribe to the newsletter there as well. And finally... Click that donation button on the website. Remember, it's not a donation for the podcast itself. Like, it doesn't go to me or anything. I'm not sitting here collecting all the funds. <laughs> um, it goes to a, a GoFundMe uh, page that I've linked with a Sydney-based Muslim or Islamic charity called Brothers in Need. It's a really great charity. Um, so, you know, please, if you can, get behind it. Remember, just $1 from each of you 
if the listeners of this podcast start, start stacking up and everybody donates just $1, I mean, that could go a really long way, right? So, so yeah, I'll see you all in episode six. Until then, Allah ma'akum, all the best, and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and peace.